So I have an issue, and I wanted to see if you guys could help me through it. Irritable bowel syndrome? It's not that. I'm just guessing. I'm just assuming. I'm so glad you're finally admitting it, Russ. Uh, For 10 years, Russ has constantly been telling me, I'm just nervous right now. (laughs) I'm just nervous. No, my issue right now is that I have too much juice. Um, Mm. I've been making selected trips to the supermarket, and I don't want to make too many trips, but I really need orange juice in the morning to wake up. And right. I overbought, and now the juice is expiring, and I need to really plow through it. Well, have you tried asking Lizzo like what she did no. with the, mm-hmm. the juice that she had? Because she did a big song that uh, the sort of took the world by storm. Mm-hmm. That was sort of her, you know, confession slash sort of anthem about having just the exact situation that you are in right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, did you even listen to it? Did you even think no, to ask what, Lizzo? What's sort of the upshot of that? Well, you can't summarize it. Griffin's not Liz notes. You can't just like yeah, bring it, boil it down for you. It takes three minutes. Just listen to the Lizzo track. It, it kind of. If I were to try, let me let me try. It's kind of more or less about that. It's a good thing that she has as much juice as she does, and she likes having. And she has like a every morning she wakes up, I guess, and has juice with her breakfast mm. and um i'll be honest there's a lot of sort of metaphorical language okay. used about yeah. the juice that i that went completely over my head russ have you considered maybe new york has so many fixtures maybe you could be juice guy and mm. it could be in like a how i met your mother kind of thing where it's like oh that's juice guy if you walk past i'll offer you a cup of juice yeah but you have to have your own cup or you can make a cup out of your hands, but he will offer. The the problem there is the juice still goes bad, right? But if mm. Russ just drinks all of the juice today, he would become um, engorged. Hey, Russ, I realize we're running long here um, for a cold opening, but this is a pretty boring game this week, so I don't really care that much. Would you run and just get a huge <laughs> bottle of juice? Would you run and get some of this mystical juice and just drink it on the show for me? Just see how much you could drink in one sort of go. I already have It'll my glass. It's not a good idea. You don't need a glass. Not no. for what we're doing He wants here. it straight from the bottom. We're talking about like you're getting ready for an MRI, but it's juice. I just want to watch you chug some juice on the show. <laughs> it, I want to help you through this problem by helping you to watch you chug juice and inspiring you to chug more juice. That's the solve? Putting yeah, in yeah the, I just want to watch you chug juice on the coma. podcast. <laughs> he needs yeah, it. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Be good for your body. Siri just said, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't understand. And I'm right there with you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of a thousand years ago. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best 51 games of the week. My name is Chris Plant, and I know a few of those games are pretty good. My name is Russ Rushing, and I know the best game of the week. Justin is hiding under his desk. So, so badly does Justin not want to talk about Clubhouse Games. He is hiding under his desk. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about Clubhouse Games. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the, the... Latest and outest and most availableest in game entertainment, <laughs> electronic delights. Uh, this this week we have a veritable cornucopia of your great grandpap's favorite. <laughs> Holy games. shit! I feel um, like this is going to be my Super Mario Galaxy week, where I'm like fighting off you three. No, demons. I, 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 I'm, I like I'm on board with Griffin. But yeah, I okay. also like Perfect. going to Cracker Barrel now and then. You know, it's a lot of fun. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're no, you're no Egno Ramus. You love that like jumping sure. the little pegs over the thing, right? Uh, uh, Clubhouse Games is 51 games, and I'm. Hold on, let me try again if for video purposes. If you're watching the video version of the Besties, uh, Clubhouse <laughs> Games is 51 games. The, right. That one had air quotes where you can some annoying people pretend to play them for 10 seconds and then you play them, and a lot of them are the pits. Uh, who okay. wants to start? I will give you this. Clubhouse Games on Nintendo you Switch. You already gave me this. You gave me this assignment <laughs> to play the very boring. No, listen, I'm going to meet you halfway. Clubhouse games. I'm going to meet okay. you halfway. Okay. Clubhouse Games is a collection of 50 games. Yes. The piano, the piano game, the piano game, I'll give you the quotes on that one, is nothing. It's okay. a it's one octave on a little virtual piano. It's nothing. That's one of the 50. Now, the other 50 games I'm going to go There's ahead. there's some stinkers in there. So I'm going to meet you halfway, <laughs> and by meeting you halfway, I'm going to give you a Nokia flip phone and 20 minutes on a free app store, and that will get you halfway to Clubhouse Games. With another 20 minutes, you'll have the whole thing on your phone okay. for absolute. Maybe you'll get some. You'll have to watch some ads for some Russian match three games, but other than that, it'll be gratis. <laughs> okay, let me let me set it up for folks at home who have not played Clubhouse Games on Nintendo Switch. It's the sequel to a Nintendo DS game that was essentially the same thing: uh, a collection of uh, board games, card games, and B O R E. Thank you, Justin. Let me get through it, and then you can continue to open up your wide, wide butthole to continue shitting all over it. Collection of card games, board games from all around the world, as well as a sort of erratic smattering of other stuff. Uh, in this Switch version, we're talking about sort of lightweight versions of a lot of the Wii Sports titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about things that integrate the touchscreen, like a, a a little air hockey game, there's like a collection of sort of toy games. So there's like toy tanks and toy boxing. I have played this game a, a fucking a lot, like a whole, whole lot. I've been trying to beat all of the AIs on all of the, the most difficult <laughs> difficulties, which is for some of the games You're is a like fucking a fucking maniac, Griffin. <laughs> I, I fucking love this game, but the... Uh, Griffin's also it, immortal. So. Yes, true. Where it is most successful, I think, is in the card and board games categories. A lot of the like, here is... Here is darts, but you play it by swiping mm-hmm. your finger at the screen and hoping for the best. Like those aren't especially sort of successful for me. But man, I don't know. These fucking card and board games are good, and that's why they are, you know, the classics that they are. I, I'll play chess, I'll play backgammon, and I'll play, you know, whatever. Not checkers. Checkers isn't a good game, but there's just a lot of games on here. It's a good value. Griffin, how much multiplayer did have you played? I played quite a bit. Yeah. I think that's where it really holds its own. It's great. So the multiplayer works like you hop into like a menu that shows you all of the games that have multiplayer in them. And then you can select anywhere from one to three of them and kind of just queue up and it'll match you against somebody else who is wanting to play those. And it'll show little icons to show you like who's currently looking for partners on which games. So like I've been playing a lot of chess on there and there's almost always somebody playing chess. So you click chess and boop, you're, you're playing it online. What I like about playing chess and clubhouse games as opposed to chess.com, because uh, I, I sort of cycle in and out of chess.com because I enjoy a good game from chess from time to time, is the people who play chess on chess.com are really fucking good at chess. <laughs> and the people who play chess on clubhouse games uh, are really good at Mario Kart. And so it's pretty, it's pretty fun to go in there and just let Hulkamania kind of run wild. Uh, yeah, so the multiplayer's good. I haven't played with, like, friends. You can, like, set up, like, a friend lobby and just, like, you know, play a bunch of shit. But, like, it's kind of fun picking a few games that you feel like playing right now, not really knowing which one you're going to get into, and then 
doing it online. It, um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned online. I mean, I realize having people over to houses is kind of a problem right now, but uh, right. The, I was actually talking about the local multiplayer, which I think makes this game totally 100% worth it. And again, this really, at this point, just applies to like, if you have a big family at home uh, sure. or other people, like you have roommates at home. But if you happen to have that, I think there are very few uh, Switch games that are like this easy to just like jump into for multiplayer. Like even Smash Brothers, which is obviously a great multiplayer game, requires some setup and like, who am I going to pick? And who am I going to like, oh, this stage or this stage and what settings we're going to use. Whereas this, you are in a fucking game like that and you don't have to like deal with like card boxes and shit. Like it seems like so much easier and light left. I I think you can share. I, I've not done this. Uh, I, I should probably try with uh, Rachel because she has her own Switch. But I think you can just like, if you own the game, you can play multiplayer with other people even if they yes. don't have the game in a local setting. Yeah. That's fucking cool. The, like that's, I can't think of another Switch game that has done that yet. Yeah, there's uh, like a multiplayer, free multiplayer app on the eShop for people that don't own the game where they can basically download the like that and it has all it'll allow you to play all the games but obviously you can't like start the games yourself you have to be joining a local player a local multiplayer but that solves the problem if you happen to have two switches in the house it's like great for that but i also wanted to set up because we talked a lot about the multiplayer the single player is arranged in basically just like a big list of games that you can pick from and then uh, each game will have different difficulty settings, usually four difficulty settings, and then sometimes like some occasional like trophies. Like there's a golf mini game that's like you get a trophy for finishing a three hole round under par or a nine hole round under par. Um, so like those are the kinds of things I've been chasing. The other way that it's sort of arranged is you have a big globe and you, you pick a little miniature piece for yourself that you design and then you plan it where you live in the globe. And then you can pick what are called guides from all around the world. And these are like little AI people, although you can set yourself up as a guide by picking your favorite games. And they will hand you like a selection of games based on a theme. So these games are all just based on luck. And there you play like the card game War or, you know, other games that are just essentially uh, chess. A luck, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's tak- Takayaki is another one. It's just like there's no skill involved. Yeah. It's just a luck based game. But then there is like these are the worldwide strategy classics. And that's where you get like chess and you get shogi and mini shogi, which I like. There are a lot of games in here that I know about, like Shogi and uh, Hanafuda that I, like, I'd never played before because like there's very little opportunity for me to play that. But these games like have a really great tutorial. And then also m- pretty much all the games have guides where like you, you can turn them on and it will show you like really, really helpful info while you're playing mm-hmm. it. So like Richie Mahjong has like what, like 50 different like hands that you can try to put together. And that's impossible to keep track of if you're, you're not like an extremely experienced Mahjong player but it makes it approachable. And I think that that's kind of incredible. Like that alone is sort of a, a, a pretty great, uh, you know, achievement of the game. Chris, you were going to say something. Yeah, this is just my dullard uh, take on, on video game design. Uh, modern video games are um, they're like designed for fun, um, where you can play them alone and like have fun. Um, classic games, they're designed to uh, destroy people. <laughs> like that's what they're designed for. They're designed to there are two people and one of them is going to come away from it unhappy and the other <laughs> one is going to come away from it feeling good because the other one is unhappy. Um right. and that is great. 
I'm a big fan of it. Don't get me wrong. But as somebody who um, is not bright or good at games, I tend to find that I'm the person who comes away unhappy. It should be um, noted you've so, never played Call of Duty multiplayer then because that's almost the exact same scenario. I, I would argue oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying, th- obviously, well, I, and that's true. I don't play online games anymore. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't have time to get good. Yeah. So they're just not pleasurable. And, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. There are exceptions to the rule. I obviously like Towerfall. I like games that are continuations of a series that I've mastered long ago. But, yeah, I, I had never really considered how much, and of course, it makes sense because games didn't have artificial intelligence they couldn't they had right. to design with somebody who is counter to you and also games historically were inspired by war or conflict so sure um but yes i think like i fall somewhere between you and justin in this where it's like yeah if you don't have somebody right now like i just don't have a lot of time to play with steph and she's the only person i could theoretically play this with um i mean you could probably kick your kid's ass at most of these oh, games. i could destroy unless you play him. like war you, you play one of those more randomized games and, and you know help you hit the button <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I, I think for me like that i i think i'll enjoy this game a lot more i was thinking like this would be a great game to have in the office at polygon because mm-hmm. there are plenty of times where like we would have meetings that are like more brainstormy and you just throw something on the switch and it's like i need something that i'm kind of paying attention to that is like keeps us engaged and has our minds going but we can still like talk and have a conversation and like that's that's where i've always loved card games for i think it i think it occupies like a really incredible space and like i am i am glad to have this on my switch i have a there's been a lot of shit that has come out on switch lately Mm -hmm. right and i have been uh excited to have some of it and then like also just not feeling it a lot of the time I downloaded th- so there's this huge summer sale going on in the Switch eShop that I think is still going on which like if you are a listener of the show and you haven't dipped in uh dip in cuz the, the it's pretty incredible some of the stuff they, I like I got Doom at half price cuz I never finished Doom and the Switch port is pretty great uh finished BioShock 2 I got the Borderlands collection I got like a bunch of stuff uh and they're all pretty much shooters and like with everything that's going on, like I, 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 as as great as these games are, like I just have not. It is like a type of gaming experience that like is not great right now, and so I keep returning to clubhouse games to just like fuck around with you know backgammon. Like I, yeah. I fuck around with and try to learn more strategies for how to be better at Connect Four, uh, and yeah. it really has like sort of condensed what I like enjoy about games in a way that like I don't really think about uh, of just like I enjoy getting better at games and you don't think about connect four like that because it's connect four like ev- everybody I think knows how good they are at connect four and assumes they're not going to get any better at it but this is a game that is sort of like about those games and about like thinking about them differently yeah. and uh, I- Im- improving at them I think it's I think it's uh, a fantastic just sort of yeah. off court buddy I was just going to say that the one thing that I wish there was more of, and Eurogamer's review kind of get into this, and I, I I don't think it goes quite as far as it should, is the history of these games. Like, that is what... I know, it is it is nerdy, but I, I, I think about this as, like, any other uh, retro game collection, right? Like, uh, we've seen these, like, S&K collections and other various collections pop up on the Switch where it's like, hey, here's the game, but also here's, like, 
magazine scans from the time and here's like developer notes and here's all of the stuff so that you can appreciate all of the stuff around the game and actually learn about game history and this i mean this is like an object of game history that's largely what it is is like sure here is 51 games from across the world throughout all of history and it does a little bit of that of giving yeah you it gives you trivia at trivia the end of each game yeah. but i i do wish because it does feel so museum-y um that it had just more of that that, that they had treated it the same way that that all these other retro game collections have been done in the past I do wish there was more, uh, the DS version had like a mission-based system that was like more specific, like, uh, you know, finish a game of uh, memory in under a certain time limit or like get uh, get a turkey in bowling. Like it, it would challenge you with doing like specific sort of micro games within the collection. And this doesn't really have that, which is a shame because uh, that was like a cool way to play that. To do that note, I think what bothers me about this uh, collection. The reason it didn't click for me, all kidding aside, there's this iOS game I love, I think we talked about before, called Cribbage with Grandpas, where you customize your own grandpa and name him and pick all of the background and features and stuff, and then you play Cribbage with him, and as you play, he is like nudging you towards better plays, he can give you assistance, he's chatting with you about the history or strategy or how your play went and giving you feedback. And admittedly, this is all sort of built around one game that I don't understand that well, but now I understand cribbage really well. I think what I, what would have made this work for me is if it was better at, there's like this very, okay. I played renegade this morning and it's, it's Othello and that game is very annoying. But when it first started, they were like, uh, someone was like, I always lose the last second. And this dude's like, well, did you control the corners? And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, if you control the corners, it's a lot easier to flip the script on your opponent at the last second. And it's like, oh, I was like, oh, wow, I never thought about that before. If they had something like that for and get rid of a lot of the cruft here yeah. and make this a way to really understand 20 games, like to really get in there and like have a guided experience. I've tried to learn Hanafuda like a th- uh, literally half a dozen times at this point. And I'll try and I'll try to wrap my mind around it and try to keep up with it. And it's just like no dice. If this had, uh, well, no, it's a card, collect- it's a card game. There's no, there, <laughs> there are no dice. That explains it. I keep looking for the dice. Now, um, if, if that was part of, if this was what this was, like something that took the time to like really explain these games in a guided way and help you walk away with a better appreciation, both historic and just like strategic, um, I think that would make it really worthwhile. Without that, it's just sort of like, uh, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't see much. It's like a convenience more than it is like something worth seeking out. And there's a there's a precedent for that. There's like th- I want to say three games total in the set that walks you through a multi-step tutorial before you can play it. So like chess mm-hmm. is like, let's learn chess, step one. Uh, let's learn uh, Shogi is one of them, which is basically like chess. I didn't fucking know that. Like, I didn't know what the fuck Shogi was all about. Like, I guess it kind of looks like chess, but I never assumed that. And then there, uh, Rishi Mahjong is another one where it's like, let's learn how this game works over a series of like miniature, you know, tutorial levels of it. Like, and that was instrumental in me understanding like well i knew how chess worked but all all of the other games and how they work uh but yes like learning pro strats at connect four i only did that because of the internet right like i only got i i, I was losing to the impossible level ai a thousand times are there pro strats so I got, for connect four 
I mean, there are there are strategies for literally every board Don't game. Don't stop that at has three. A skill. Com- Just keep it going. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Russ. That's all it is. <laughs> yes, I agree. I I if this had been a collection of twenty games, and they had put a little bit more care and attention into like teaching you how to be very good at Mancala, which I am having a real love affair with yeah, right that's now. Great. Uh, then, then I I do agree. I think it would be a, a better thing because boy howdy, I don't want to play fucking toy boxing. I don't want to play fishing ever again. It's not. It's not curling great. is oh, good. I platinum tank right away. Tank just you, got wrecked by me. Yeah, uh, the uh, curling mini game is good, but it would be better if it was actual curling. Yeah, like it was actual fair. not and not this weird. Yeah, I I um, think I think for most people, if you're listening to this. The only really good reason for you to pick this up is if you have a local multiplayer person that you can play with, because I think most of these games become much, much better if you're sitting next to the person you're playing against. Plant mentioned Towerfall, which is like one of our favorite games ever. It really only works in local multiplayer, like ignoring the fact that like I don't think there is online multiplayer, but like the experience itself really only works in local multiplayer. Uh, And I think the same is true for games like Smash Brothers. And I think in this, because these are easily accessible familiar games if you're in a setting where there's like a handful of people that aren't really gamers you could throw this on and someone will find something hey let's play whatever this like whatever thing for 10 minutes and it's like way easier than a lot of other solves but if you're just alone and you're maybe i'll play more online or something i don't think it's worth it one more thing it comes with Wii bowling uh it's yeah. not it's not it's not as uh, charming is me bowling. You True. can't throw the ball behind you. Uh, you don't have like your friends cheering you on. But it's pretty similar. Um, yes, and you also right. don't have the Wii Motion controller, which like well, well you, you can, can use play the Wii it with your. You, you can, you, but it doesn't feel as not the Wii Mote, the Joy-Con. Yeah, the Joy-Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be wild if you could use a Wii. <laughs> um, I, I, to, I would disagree with Russ because I have played it mostly single player. Like there is to me, there is a great satisfaction in trying to get much, much better at these games, and you can do that. As a in a single player environment, and I'll tell you, I played uh, Gomoku, which is like the simplified version of uh, Go, which is essentially like basically Connect Five on a sort of two D plane. I played that for easily a couple hours, just trying to beat the AI on the most difficult difficulty, and just getting my ass stomped. But when I did finally finish it, like I, I, it was a sense of like Dark Souls level beating the boss satisfaction of just like yes, I'm finally fucking good enough at this board game that I don't have to play it anymore. I, I, I have enjoyed it so much, and I uh, again like maybe wait for it to go on sale, which it probably won't if you're like on the fence about it. But like I am. I am. Yeah, I feel this weird sense of comfort knowing it lives on my Switch, and that anytime I don't have anything else to play, and I just kind of want something to nibble on, I can hop in and play some backgammon or whatever. Can I mention one more aspect that we haven't really talked about? If you happen yeah. to have multiple Switches in your house, oh, there yeah. is a thing called Mosaic Mode, and Griffin mentioned the piano earlier, how it only has one octave. If you have four fucking Switches and you put them next to each other and connect them all, it's a full piano. Well, full piano is eight octaves. Yeah, well, whatever. I, maybe it's two octaves on the switch. Anyway, <laughs> you can do that with a lot of the multiplayer games where like there's like a um, slot car racing game and you could like arrange the the switches to like make your own track across multiple switches. It's really neat. Yeah, four switches laid into end is just how Franklin Delano Piano envisioned <laughs> it when he created his, his great <laughs> the instrument. The dream is true. Right. Can we not talk about this anymore and talk about literally anything Let's else? Let's do it. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, 
Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month, say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd 
highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So after being delayed a week, uh, we finally got the PlayStation 5 launch event uh, I guess you or launch announcement premiere well, announcement I guess the big event premiere of it premiere well however you want to world call it. exclusive uh, <laughs> world exclusive and while there were there were some new games on display so happy to see my my dear friends and cousins Ratchet and Clank back mm-hmm. on the on the scene um, we also got the first look at the uh, PlayStation five box and that is what we wanted to talk about right now the aesthetics of the box let's that is playstation 5 i'm pulling up a giant high let's pull up the biggest fucking uh, yeah it's uh no 800 by 450 is not gonna do i need (laughs) i need need way more pixels i will say what jumped to mind immediately upon seeing it was inverted ice cream sandwich because there's Interesting. really nothing. I mean, we have the white on the outside and the black on the inside, and it's basically yeah. an inverted ice cream sandwich. Let's let's do our. There are probably people listening to this who don't give a shit about stuff like this. So let's try and describe. That's why I was saying ice cream sandwich. Who doesn't care inverted about inverted ice, ice cream sandwich? sandwich is useless. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let me let me help you. Okay, picture Donald Duck. Right, Donald Duck. Okay. with his mouth okay. open. He okay. is trying and failing to swallow the black obelisk from 2001 A Face, uh, Space Odyssey, right? <laughs> and his duck bill is made out of uh, human teeth. Oh, this is n- still not great. Still that, not that's, great. I've, I mean, that that's pretty clear middle image. I want you to imagine a a, a black router or per, perhaps even a, a very, very thin air purifier mm. and then take two sort of white sheets of printer paper and just squeeze a sheet uh, on each side of it trying to envelop it all the way but you can't quite get there can you you can't quite get there and so you get something that looks like a router that looks like one day its dreams are going to come true and it's <laughs> going to take off and start flying uh, I think there are angles at which you could look at it in which it is slightly Georgia O'Keefe I think it's a little Keefe mm. from certain mm. angles if you wanted to get there Interesting. Um, well you know that it makes a V which I really like. Oh, it's a PlayStation Five, and if you're looking Cute. at it front on, it's making it's alluding to a V shape. Uh, I think it looks cool personally. Huh. I think it's like a neat kind. It looks different from the other boxes. I feel like very uninspired design for the this generation of consoles. So I really I dig the uh, I dig the look. Uh, it looks like. A, a, like a, a shock trooper, futuristic shock trooper that you would fight in haze. It has a very haze, <laughs> here, which I very much enjoy. An illusion everybody can can do. I think Microsoft designs everything to fit into like a kind of a cliche, a mid-century modern home. Like, uh, oh, this mm. this will look okay, especially once they eventually release the like kind of like white version, like the Xbox One S, right? Um, in yeah. PlayStation for Sony, they're like, what? is the most of this moment thing we can make. Like, what is the thing that the day after it comes out, people are going to be like, Ugh, no, that just feels like a little a little bit like uh, of yesterday. Like, look at the PlayStation mm. 3 with the George Foreman grill. Um, right. PlayStation 4 is the, pretty timeless and ignorable. PlayStation 4 is 
it's it's yeah it, it it felt like it was going closer to the microsoft route yeah and then for playstation 5 they were like psych <laughs> that was a huge mistake it looks like that that looked too nice inside of your um living room and the best thing about this is i mean if all these uh guesstimates are right on twitter this thing's huge like i don't i don't i think maybe this this lives like standing alongside your entertainment center kind of like a tower pc um yeah wow. um i already have a tower pc though and it's fucking huge like i don't know <laughs> i don't know where this fella's gonna go if he is very big do you guys remember the other like l- quote-unquote leaked uh design of the ps5 that looked like a sort of spaceship toilet seat <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no. i think it yeah it was like a. it was sort of v-shape it was also sort of v-shape but it was like a, a god i don't know how to describe it it almost looks like a big hard drive like a big ovular oh. hard drive but with like a v cut out in the top and lights inside of the v so it really it just really oh, does look like god. a light up futuristic uh like japanese bidet toilet seat i hey weird weird thing how one of these has a disc drive and the other one doesn't that's really weird i still classify that as appearance i don't feel like i'm getting out of bounds here that's wild huh is that the is that where we're going is that anybody gonna get the non-disc version if you get one well let's have it let's have a quick mini sidebar discussion because i used to be firmly in the camp of like i like having physical versions of things mm. i don't know why i did the uh, pizza chef mama mia thing with my hand you when like I physical said that. pizza like a physical pizza uh no like i uh if there's a big game out when the switch came out uh i specifically bought breath of the wild on cartridge because like i wanted to have the box like there was mm. something about that that was um in one way sort of like tangibly satisfying mm. it's like cool it's the reason like you know that i have records is because like i like having the thing uh but also because there is like a level of security there of just like, well, I know where this cartridge is. Recently, I lost my copy of uh, Civ Six for Switch. Like, it's just fucking gone. Like, that little cartridge, yeah. I'll never see it. Oh, yeah, forget about it. That's in your son's tummy. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's somewhere. Uh, and, but like, th- and then I had like, that was when I had the adult realization of just like, oh, well, that doesn't fucking happen in a digital. Like, yeah. If I had it digitally, then, you know, maybe when the eShop shuts down in however many decades, like, then it'll be gone. But like, it's good for right now. And I think I've crossed over into the, like, I don't want disc-based games. And I think the PS4 has contributed to that because I have the PS4 Pro that is, like, supposedly, like, the good version of it that if it does have a disc in it, it still is, like, kind of fucking noisy. Yeah. And that does not happen when it's a when it's a digital yeah i'm i'm very pro going all digital for games this generation i went almost all digital and i like it i don't like the clutter in my house the only reason i'm considering a disc for the ps5 is because sometimes i'm i'm a member of bafta and sometimes i get dvds in the mail um Uh, and they're and do i want to keep a ps4 around just to play those random dvds occasionally but for gaming i think it's totally fine i also think because of the backwards compatible nature of the ps5 um and i think this is going to be the case for a lot of consoles moving forward like i think the next switch whenever that happens will probably still run switch games having all those digital makes it so much easier because you just like go back your catalog in the way that you can on 360 games yeah so i'm also curious how they do backwards compatibility for like playstation 6 because a thing that we've seen so far and i I believe this is the case not 100 percent sure but i i think if you own games on ps4 and they are 
disc based. Mm-hmm. So you, you haven't you haven't downloaded them yet, and then you uh, want to do back compat on PS5. You have to have the disc version of the PS5. Yes, you can. So like, if you buy, yeah, if you buy Madden and you buy the disc version, but then you buy the digital version of Madden, it's like, oh, well, you, now you have to buy Madden again. Um, yeah. Where it's like if you mm. just buy the digital version of Madden on PS4, and then whatever PS5 you have, it'll it'll Man, just presumably work. Is fucked, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it, it's hard not to also feel like. I mean, Gamespot has been the stock stop. has been dropping. Stop. What? Stop! You did it! I can't believe it! It's 2020, and you mix up GameStop and Gamespot. Oh my god! It's unbelievable! It's 2020. They're all the same. Anyway, the storefront, the stock has been doing not good, and it, this feels a little bit like, you know, they were kind of a threat eight years ago. But who's gonna who's gonna stop us? Well, now? they'll hold like, on through the console launches, and then they're just gonna drop like a fucking stone. yeah. But I mean, Sony releasing a no disc version of the console at launch, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to imagine eight years ago because that would be going straight up against the the storefronts. Yeah. And now it just seems like, like who cares? Tough like, shit. Hey, we've gotten so far away from the design. I'm so mad at you guys. <laughs> I only want to talk about how it looks on our... The best thing to talk about in an audio podcast is how something looks. We've discussed this over and over and over again. Yeah, so that's kind of a brief look summary of specifically what the ps5 looks like but we are going to do an intense extreme head-to-head battle royale between the xbox series x and the playstation 5 in a very exciting special in july we're going to do a whole episode where they're going uh, head-to-head we're going to decide the winner we're, we're going to decide we're the winner know. right fucking now because you don't need to buy both of these dang things <laughs> so we're going to tell you which one to buy yes so get excited for oh that. Oh my! Um, has anybody been playing anything else? I feel like I feel like weirdly we are in a pretty like dense release time right now. I say that, but it's mostly Switch ports that I'm playing. Yeah, I uh, have also been playing Switch ports. The most recent one that I've been playing, uh, which I can talk about because the embargo lifts today, the day this episode comes out, is Burnout Paradise on Nintendo Switch. I'm so fucking jealous. I want that so I bad. I do not really get into uh, racing games at all, but I've always loved the Burnout series. We've talked a little bit about it on the show. Burnout Paradise, I was very nervous because I have such fond memories of that game, and I was worried it coming to Switch, it might not go great. And it goes so great. It runs so great. It's 60 FPS, steady. All the features are in there. All the DLC they release is in there. Um, the only caveat is if you would rather play it on any other platform, it's going to be, like, so much cheaper. It's, like, $5 on PC. But, uh, you know, Switch, obviously, you can play it uh, portable. It looks great in handheld mode. Um, It's absolutely superb, so uh, highly recommend it. I have been playing uh, a little bit of Destiny 2, new season, pretty good. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, Also, Slay the Spire is out on iOS. If you have not played that game before, you have no excuse uh, I I didn't know this earlier this year. They came out with a fourth character, oh, wow. the Watcher. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty cool. I know this seems like minutia if you've never played the game before, but like it completely changes how you play it, and it's all about switching between these different stances. Mm. It's it's really cool. Um, but I also wanted to shout out Bug Fables oh, on yeah. uh, Nintendo Switch, the the everlasting sapling. Uh, put simply, it is a it is a Paper Mario 
game. Literally, it has that sort of like uh, 2D paper craft uh, aesthetic to it. Uh, and it, but it is like a completely original story about this world full of bugs. You control a party of three different bugs. Uh, and it has like, you know, that timing based, turn based RPG sort of combat like you would see in the Mario RPG games. Um, but there is also like a level of sort of uh, Lost Vikings esque puzzle solving because you have these three different bugs that can do different things and you are switching between them in the world to like, you know, use the magic bug to freeze an enemy and then the beetle to like push it into where you need it to be as a block so you can jump up on it and throw your boomerang as the b but like there's a lot of like it 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 elevates i think that that paper mario idea uh in a way that is very very cool i will be honest some of my wind uh in playing this game was taken out of the sales by seeing (laughs) the announcement of a new paper mario game coming out (laughs) next month so there part of me doesn't want to spoil my dinner uh, a little bit, but it's it's really great. It came out on PC, I think, last year yeah. uh, and got kind of rave reviews there, and Switch is just kind of a perfect little platform for it. So if you're hungry for just a really well-made RPG, uh, bug, bug Fables is where it's at. I'm just still playing Monster Train. It's still exceptional. <clears throat> if you, if you uh, find yourself enjoying Slay the Spire or other <laughs> rogue-like deck-building games like that, uh, you should play Monster Train. I can't believe we talked about Clubhouse games this week uh, instead of Monster Train. I've, I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. It's very good. But uh, my, 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 my real answer uh, is actually tied to uh, two things from Reader Mail. So I'll just dig into that and then tie it to, to what I've been playing. Uh, from Nerd Piggy, we have, what are some hidden gems from that Itch.io uh, racial justice bundle Ooh. and from Escaped Muppet? <clears throat> found any gems you'd never played before in the bundle for racial justice on itch i just finished quadrilateral cowboy which led me down a rabbit hole playing blinda's other games gravity bone and 30 flights of loving those games rule um here they are, are very good what is blinda up to uh, i don't know they actually just released the source code for i believe all of those games on uh oh my gosh uh why can i uh, somewhere look on their on their twitter and i'm sure you'll be able to find it here, here are some games I think everybody should check out. Fortune uh, 499 by A.P. Thompson and crew. That game rules. Hidden Folks is on there mm-hmm. uh, Ooh, by friend of the show, uh, Adrian Dijong. That game also exceptional. Super, super uh, Dujana, Pikuniku, Nuclear Throne. There's so many that I'm just going to start naming some. Here are two that I uh, had not played but been, been meaning to that I really am enjoying this week. Wheels of Aurelia. And Wide Ocean Big Jacket, um, both are excellent. Um, 2064, Read Only Memories, Minute. I, I mean, there are, there are just so many games. Oh, one I, I definitely want to call it, A Mortician's Tale, um, is a really lovely game about uh, basically the culture of funeral homes and uh, morticians and eco-friendly um, death services. Uh, it's great. There's there's so much here. Uh, I, I'll let everybody else join in. But but one thing that I do recommend everybody do because honestly, this is the best way to take care uh, advantage of this opportunity is just pick random ones. Like yeah. so much of gaming is uh is this annoying uh, marketing drip where you know everything about a game before you play it, and the chance to just open up a pack of a thousand games and scroll through it and randomly try something and know nothing about it is fantastic and it's something that um fresh and i get to enjoy each year because we are judges for the independent games festival 
Um, and it is I, honestly, it's something that I look forward to every every November. And the fact that uh, so many people get to try that out now. And honestly, you could try that out anytime by going to Itch.io and just picking a random game. But hey, here right. you are doing it for a low price and you are doing it for a good cause. And I recommend you give it a try. At the time that we are recording this, it did end yesterday, the yes. uh, the, the bundle, but uh, raised $8 million, pretty, which is pretty fantastic. fucking incredible. It, it'll also uh, worth noting that Humble Bundle launched their own, uh, which is more like AAA or at least, uh, uh, you know, larger scale indie games. I think that's uh, you can submit $30 and you get a crap load of games. And that is currently on now. So if you miss the itch.io bundle, here's another opportunity. That one has Spelunky, Jackbox Party Pack 4, and Baba is You in the first the four fuck? games. The pack is NBA outrageous. 2K20, Sonic All-Star Racing, FTL, Bioshock Remastered. Um, I mean, that one, if you don't have a PC, you should just get it anyway, <laughs> uh, knowing that maybe one day you will stock your PC with all of this stuff. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah, and all of the sales go to the uh, local chapters of Black Lives Matter, I think, in the National Bail Fund mm-hmm. Network. Uh, it's 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 really remarkable. Uh, I don't know. I, you covered a lot of like the great stuff in the the seventeen hundred <laughs> games in the bundle for racial justice. Uh, but uh, I wanted to shout out uh, a short hike, which we yeah, talked about before. Yeah. Very very good. I'm excited to read about Lancer. It's like a pen and paper RPG about like mechs and space stuff. I've heard really cool stuff about that. You just get. There's a lot of stuff in here. Like there's a hex kit for making maps for tabletop RPGs. There's a pack of just game assets if you <laughs> if you want to make games. Like that's in here too. I like all of the sort of uh, errata that is in here, and also just. Uh, quadrilateral cowboy i know you just recommended it but holy shit that game just rips ass it could um i I have a question for y'all from uh re or bakery uh what games feel like home to you Hmm. that's a nice question it is a very good question i mean there's a couple uh, i think there's a way of interpreting that of just like makes you nostalgic for like a better time or like a, a you know a time from your your youth or is it just like mm. a, a comfort a, com- a general comfort game i will say one thing there's a uh i live in an area that i feel like in west virginia griffin and i were raised here and I, I still live here this is not exactly what this person was asking but like interestingly the first thing that popped in my head when we talked about this is like i don't feel like my the area i live in has ever been uh particularly well represented in in a home i, I in a game i i can't actually think of a game that has presented my the, like the region I live in in a really good well, Fallout uh, Fallout seventy six was fucking <laughs> did it exactly. real good. Go on. Um, it's not West Virginia, but I don't know. Kentucky Route Zero was the only thing that sort of. I mean, that's in a state next to it, but actually, um, uh, West Virginia is not a surrealist, <laughs> <laughs> surrealist nightmare. I so that is not great. Uh, um, I I interpreted this in just like a good vibes game that makes yeah. me like feel good that I return to a lot, and I think for me like it's Undertale. I I've replayed that game a lot, and it just like you know the music and the message and the like writing and the you know, everything about that game is just kind of feel good unless you're playing it like a psychopath, in which case it's <laughs> explicitly a bad feeling game. Um, uh, yeah, that's the one. I that's that's probably. I think for me, it's more about what games can I play now that take me back to like childhood gaming and like what reverts Mm. me to that and like puts me in the exact same headspace I was in when I first played that game. 
and it's probably linked to the past for me, which I replayed recently on Switch because of the you get it for free as part of subscribing to Switch Online. Right. And I mean, I've played that game countless times, but just that opening in the rain and you're walking alone to the castle. And I remember so clearly like not knowing where to go and then finding this secret little opening in the side of the castle and going down. And it was it's just like, it really just takes me back immediately. So that's probably mine. Yeah. For me, it's uh, just the games that I remember playing with like the kids in my neighborhood. Mm. And that was, you know, Tony Hawk on Nintendo 64, um, Kirby's Dream Course. We played just a disgusting amount of that game. Um, and then obviously GoldenEye, which I don't really enjoy playing now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, even even not really enjoying it now, the feeling of playing complex with proximity mines immediately just sends me <laughs> to a, a certain place in my life. Is that a, that's a weird sort of mimetic because everybody played that proximity mines and we did temple but it, i mean pretty much i think it was one of the modes, like that wasn't was, it complex <laughs> with proximity mines was great because you had if i'm remembering correctly the like the big plate glass windows yeah so, right like you, could so you had the hilarious like people running past and then you watch the the glass explode on but them. like how did everyone play proximity mine it wasn't a game mode it wasn't, it wasn't like you click a button no i mean it was it, it you could set the uh, any weapon sure, to be the weapon yeah. to spawn but like everybody i know yeah. who played golden i played complex just no weapons just yeah. running around it's a weird it's a weird time period and i don't know of any other games like that have this where like um you, you said mimetic and that's the word for it where like modes would sh- sh- spread mimetically yeah. like outside of the internet like people you would have people like oh you guys haven't played king of the bathroom well, here's how you play it. And it's like very like folk game almost yeah, yeah, like within yeah. this, the structure of this game. It's very cool. Uh, um, any more plans? Yeah, I, I got one more that I think y'all will have fun with. Uh, this is from <clears throat> uh, Spinosaurus Stan. Uh, what game franchise do you think deserves a dark and gritty reboot? A fucking none. Like this is the last thing I want is to, which is a real shame because boy howdy we're playing a we're playing a a a, a chipper one next week. Uh, I think it's more it's almost more interesting to think of it the other way, right? Of like a game that was dark and gritty, and how do you reimagine that as like light? Because the dark and going dark and gritty, any I don't know, it's so depressing. I'll tell you a good a game that does that really brilliantly is House of the Dead. Oh yeah, sure. Um, where the the oh my god what's the typing of the dead? overkill overkill oh. overkill oh. yes house of the dead is one that's always been very grim mm. and then uh overhead uh overkill brought in this like very cool grindhouse aesthetic um and made something that was grim like very fun and silly um i think that that's really and also typing of the of dead the, the is great typing of the dead is typing the dead so, sure yeah so freaking great I cannot. I have. I've been sitting here trying to think of a game that improved, a game franchise that improved when it had a darker and grittier. And like I'm thinking of literally every. I was going to say Zelda, but Twilight Princess is not my, not my. Fa- I, I think it has aged fairly well, but it is not mm-hmm. even in my top five yeah. like best Zelda games. Uh, I, yeah, I can't think of a single game that was improved by getting darker and grittier. What about Kirby? Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe i'll give you maybe kirby just because i have not been into those games recently because they're not i mean they're designed to be like super easy 
so give me give me one that's for like a pro gamer, like a big dog gamer like me. <laughs> well, also just real, right? Like you really have to like put some effort into munching down on everybody to take oh. the And then it's like it's, some okay. like Lynchian body horror where like it's like you're like curvy bones are cracking to like oh. morph into. No, yeah, that's I think I, I mean that. I think it's an easy fix to make it dark and gritty is just give Kirby teeth. Give Kirby teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, just give Kirby like teeth, everybody. And let me brush him. We don't even need to see. Yes, please. We don't need to see him chew. Just yeah. we'll know. Oh, yeah, he has yeah. teeth. I want to brush him like I brush my dog's teeth with one of those little finger. You know, you put the uh, the toothbrush around your finger and you mm-hmm. just get in there. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. That's weird, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> so anyway, on that note. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Remember, you can follow for, and listen for free on Spotify, uh, where you are probably listening to this right now, I have to imagine. Uh, if, if you want to share the show with folks, it's easy. You just find the link, besties.fan, and that'll get them where they need to go. Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Next week, we're playing... <laughs> of dark and gritty. Uh, we're playing uh, The Last of Us Part 2, which, uh, yes, obviously, is going to be a very challenging game, I think, to play. If you, I'm going to have fucking K-pop blasting in the background <laughs> yeah. and eating, like, a, a bomb pop, just, like, trying just to raving. keep the spirits I have, up a little bit. I, I mean, uh, the, the reviews, I thought, would be, like, a little bit harsher, I think, just because, like, there is so much violence in the, in, in the world that is happening, like, right now. Uh, that we are all seeing just more or less constantly at this point, that uh, this does not seem like a very welcome... Games where uh, enemies beg for their life as you stab them, not my favorite. Uh, There's a thing with a dog that I can't wait to talk about with y'all. It is... Yeah, (laughs) so like... so over the top. uh, Yeah, so that's... that. Well, that's yeah. going to be next week. We're only going to talk about the first. Well, what did we talk about? For, the first five hours yeah, first or something five like that? Hours. So we don't like we'll talk about at least hours. that. If we play more, we play more. Here's a recommendation before we, we talk about this game for everybody who's listening. Uh, if, you, if you were one of those people who goes to Metacritic, and you, which is understandable, I, you know, we all go to Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes uh, to like get an idea of how things are. Um, if you click on Last of Us 2, great. You'll see a whole bunch of 100s. Scroll down to the bottom. And then underneath all the scored reviews, there is a bunch of reviews um, that don't have scores, like reviews from Polygon or Kotaku or Vice. And I think you'll see a very different type of review than you might otherwise see. And I encourage you to read those. I'm not saying that we are all going to inherently be negative on this game. I think like no, a lot of us might like it. But I do think before you uh, before you listen to the episode. Get get a full perspective of what is out there because if you if you just read the first ten reviews uh, of this game, they all have that kind of inherent AAA games or art energy. Which again, when are, I'm not when saying, are movies going to catch up yes. to video games? And Am that, I right, guys? That's not bad. Reviewers have their own taste. I I just think like I personally like having a whole bunch of different tastes uh, all at once. So get that swirl of flavors and enjoy it, and then come listen to us next week but we are going to talk about the coolest guns and what it looks like when you what like the goo that comes out of the heads um all kinds of cool stuff world exclusive (laughs) sounds so sweet anyway uh thank you so much for listening to our podcast uh we hope you'll join us again next week for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games
Seeds is a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!